0: The next topic that the Khazari addresses something which could have been discussed today. It's something which is a major source of disagreement. And it's interesting, it's rare in the Rishonim we find that this was already a major topic to argue about. And we see the prominence that it has because it's Kimat, after discussing the uniqueness of the Jewish people, as that's the first uh, lesson that the Chacham has taught the king. So this comes up right as uh, a second point that the king wants to discuss with him. And in Sif Memdalet, the king tells the Chacham, he says, I have another question for you. If you have a date, how long the world has lasted for? The age of the universe. So like I said, this is often a source of a lot of disagreements between the Masada of Qal Yisrael and what the rest of the world claims. So we see here also, the Khazari says it's, 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 it's a tamer, it's something I find amazing, that you claim that you have a time limit or a time frame how long the world's lasted. Means how, old it is. how old the world is? Yes. That's interesting. Look how the khavir answers him. We're counting. When we count years, we're counting from creation. We're counting from creation. The aim If you find any Jews on different sides of the world, everyone has the same number of years. Everyone's holding by the same date. The calendar is not something which is argued about. Just like everyone knows the same year we're in, it's the same month of the year, it's even the same date. Right? Everyone's exactly the same calendar we don't find, even today, far-flung Jewish communities in different parts of the world are celebrating Yom Tovim on different days. It doesn't exist. Everyone has exactly the same calendar. And therefore, even before the, the Khaver goes to explain what our belief is as far as how old the world is, he says, you see that it's not something which is made up. It's something which is, every all have the same have the same Cheshpin exactly. And if it was uh, something which was randomly thought out or worked out by different people at different times, so you wouldn't find the unanim- unanimity about this between Jews who had no contact with each other. And therefore, the the fact that we're both agreeing on the date means that we have to push back, the, so to speak, the clock to a time when all the Jews were together. Because it wasn't after that that they came to the understanding of when the calendar happened. And they wouldn't agree with each other. It had to be that even before that, when all the Jews were in the same place, they had already a clear idea of what the date was. And everybody just kept Cheshpen kept from there, so to speak. Why is this important to us? Because the further we are away from an event in history, so let's say that the more easy it is to, to be unclear about the facts. Something was a thousand years, two thousand years, three thousand years ago. The more the further back something is, so the more unclear the facts become. The more recent in history something was, so something which was very recent, right, it's, it's still, even if it's not within our personal memory, but it's still near enough to us that we have no doubts about the facts. It's still clear enough, so to speak, in the collective memory of people when it happened or what happened. There's no disagreement about that. I'll give you an example, right? Even though none of us here are old enough to remember the First World War, but the facts of the First World War, no one's going to argue about. We know the date it started. We know the date of the major battles. We know the date it finished. It's something which is recent enough in history that we have all the details clear. Now, we know that there were also, way, way before that, let's say the the, the wars of the Roman conquests. We know they conquered most of Western Europe. We don't have the same clarity of the details. We know that there were these wars, but exactly the date it began and the date it ended and the date of the major conflicts, we don't know. It's too far away. So, the more recent something is to us, Right? the more clear the, the details are going to be. And therefore, if we're going to say that today, let's say even in, in the Kuzari's time, the time of the Rishonim, the early Rishonim, to say that we have a clarity on dates and events which happens of things which happened, let's say in the time of the scriptures, the time of Tanakh, right? You, you're going back in time approximately a thousand years, maybe even a bit more than that. But if you say that we can prove that all the jewish people had exactly the same calendar in the, t- in the time of the first place of middash when they were dispersed because you see everybody's keeping time from the same calendar so it means that we are pushing back the clock to the time when all jews were together and at that stage they still had the st- they were still keeping the same s- system of counting time so it makes it much nearer to the events which we're going to work time based on like he's going to explain himself. Yeah, I didn't understand. I was going to explain The question began at the time, towards the end of the first verse of Mikdash. Never really and we never really got everybody together again. At the time of the second verse of Mikdash, we only had two Shvatim, and even then, only the ones which came back from Babel. The Nidachim, which were in Eretz Mitzrayim, and in Africa, and even in Svarat, in Spain, they were already Jews from that stage. They never came back again to Eretz Israel. So, the fact that they're still holding by the same Shashmah means that this was a Shashmah which goes back to the first place of Mikdash. And then they had an accurate time on what was going on, which wasn't so much so much time before them. Okay, so that's the first one. Ask the Kazzari, Omar Khazari Okay, What do you say? How old is the world? Omar Khaber I brought from the four thousand five hundred years old. Which means this when he's talking, he's talking about approximately a thousand two hundred and eighty years ago, right? Now just to follow the time, I'm back. Yehuda Chosid, I'm sorry, didn't live that long ago. Ravina Levi lived at the time of the Ben That was in the 1100s and 1200s. That was maybe 900 years ago, But But he's explaining the story of the Khazari. It happened long before him. It happened in the time of Shmuel Nagid, who lived approximately in the second calendar, approximately in 950, which was which was 1260-70 years ago. That was that was when the original account of what the Khazari happened, and therefore the Ravina Levi just posted, makes the time right for when the incident took place. Okay, which was, like I said, that was the end of the time of the Goenim, which was the very early days of the first Rishonim, uh, in the year 4500. How do we get to that number? How do we get to that number? It's this first in the admayach, But each time it tells you how old he was when he had his son, and the next how old he was when he had his son, and if we can count the years of each generation until we get to Noach. At Shemba, we follow the descendants of Noah, of Abraham, Yitzhak, Yaakov, and Moshe. The total is very clearly how old each one was until the, his, his son was born. So we have the, the, the amount of years between each of the ten generations until the flood. The amount of years of each of the ten generations until Abraham. We know that Abraham was 100 when Yitzhak was born. We know that Yitzhak was 60 when Yaakov was born. We know how old Yaakov was when the Shwartzim were born. The first Ruben was in his 84. Like we said, the was 99. And uh, we know then, we're going Let's to the track of Levi. So we know when Khash was born, Adam was born, Moshe was born, that brings us to Martin Torah. We have a very clear account of of what the Torah tells us exactly how how many years they were from Other Marushan until Moshe Rabbeinu. Now, let's just digress for a moment over here. We know that uh, historians today talk about tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of years. That the world is this amount of hundred thousand years old or whatever it's going to be. And they've got a whole literature of what they call prehistory, different periods of prehistory. The First Ice Age and the Galactical galactic, the galactic Age and then the, this kind of man and that kind of man. And uh, where do they come up with all of this from? So, it's interesting. The first recorded, uh, what they call, what the, this is interesting, historical terminology. What they call the difference between prehistory and history is history means we have, we have written records. Prehistory is we don't have written records. The first, so the first uh, r- r- written records we have of people, in other words, human writing, which is uh, something which we can work with, as people wrote it. It's called cuneiform. It comes from Mesopotamia, right? And they they place it about four thousand, no more, about five thousand five hundred years ago. It's approximately the they dated as being three thousand years B.C.E. What they call. Right, we're holding now by the year 2000. So we're talking a bit more than 5,000 years. That's the first, rec- what they call recorded history. This is the first language of his cuneiform, followed by hieroglyphics in Egypt. Those are the early. That's the first recorded knowledge we have of human settlement, which doesn't contradict the Torah. We're talking about we're holding now about the year, year 5780. So they're saying it's a five and a half thousand years ago, approximately. Right, that fits very well with the Torah's narrative. And what? Everything else that they claim happened before that. We don't have records of it. That's why it's called prehistory. We don't have records of it. What we have is they have various uh, fragments of pottery or things which have carbon dated or uh, all kinds of other ways that they've dated things or has to fit into the understanding of how, in the, the way they look at the world, how things develop from one evolutionary stage to the next. Now, obviously, if, if something has to fit into a narrative, that's not really... It's not really a historical way of dating things, especially when they give it a range of fifty thousand years. That's somewhere between 150,000 and one hundred fifty thousand and two hundred thousand years. It's not a very accurate way of dating things. It just has to fit in somewhere. But what I want to talk about for a second is carbon dating, because that's basically what the world uses today um, as a way of as a way of trying to work out times. And uh, that's the major proof for prehistory, right? Yes. And uh, as has being as carbon dating itself has been tweaked so just in the last 20 years by five or 6 times because the they've realized themselves That's not a very accurate method. I just saw recently that uh, they had to re- relabel everything in history because the way they work accommodating is basically carbon, what they call 14, um, changes uh, over time with exposure, to sun exposure to oxygen, whatever it is. And therefore, they can try and work out the amount of time that it's been there, how much was oxidized and how much has changed because of its exposure to the elements. And that's what they work backwards. They also realize that differences in temperature and differences in heat and differences in all kinds of other factors can speed up or slow down the rate of carbon changes. If that's the case, the the system of dating, it doesn't, isn't completely accurate because you're not talking about this uh, linear scale. That things are the same the whole time, right? Uh, they always prove, try and prove it whether they the work at the age of the tree, connected how how the carbon dating of the tree and it doesn't always match up. So they've also realized themselves that the carbon dating is something which has to be tweaked a little bit. Uh, if we have to talk about the terrorist account, the fact that there was a marble is going to knock the carbon dating out completely because they don't take into account things were under hot water for a year. That's obviously going to make the carbon change much faster. But let's give you an example, things like that. So therefore, yes, they they have what they call carbon dating, and we know it's not a particularly scientific way of doing things. Even then, it's within a range of however long it's going to be. Okay, what we do have, and that is actual artifacts of people. The fact that they wrote things, the fact that they made pottery, the fact that whatever it is, we have remains of civilizations. The first ones we have aren't beyond the Torah's timeline. They're within the Torah's timeline. They're very much, like I said, we're talking five and a half thousand years ago, that's that's completely within the range of where the Torah says things happened. Anyway, so that, that's our timeline, and the, the father says to the Khazari, we have an exact record from person to person to person. There wasn't any, there no black holes in the way. There's no lost years if we don't exactly what happened in that time. We have uh, no, the, the whole family tree, so to speak, how things progressed until we got to Moshe Rabbeinu, and we'll take it from there. Right? We, again, we didn't lose the trail by Moshe Rabbeinu. The Naveem tell us exactly how many years were at each stage. How many it took 14 years until they conquered there to Israel and settled there to Israel? How long he was the shir for? How long each of the other shir followed him? We know that when Shlomo bought the basement, says it was 480 years after the coming time We know how long the We we have a very accurate record of how we keep time. We don't we don't lose time along the way. So that's the, therefore he says to him, we it's not a it's not a suffic verse that we know like the erich how long the world was since the creation. We have we've kept we've kept track. We have a record. Right, that's the first thing he wants to say. I'm going to jump to the other two lands now because it's a little bit of a different point. And I just want to finish this point and we'll get back to this next time. What is the Qazari answer to that? <laughs> says, so just having uh, the two lands about the labor of the Colossus, which we'll talk about next time, he finishes the paragraph. We we also have a Messiah about how many years have passed since the time of Moshe, since the giving of the Torah. We know exactly what happened since Moshe until today. Again, we've recorded everything. So, what is the king's response to this? The detail that you have, the detail that you have, right, takes away any claim that could be made against you that it's a cover up, or that it's a lie, or that you've agreed to that kind of falsify the history, right? Because if you don't have an accurate uh, all the details filled in along the way, it was like, no, you're just that like kind of, you know, kind of, right, you blur, you're blurring the facts, you're making things up, you're not exactly clear about everything, but the fact that you can explain exactly year by year, exactly when he was born, died, who was the god Lador at that time? Who was the Navi at that time? Where did the Torah get transferred to? Right, exact, all the details of the incidents, and that's not a, it's not like a blurred, vague history, it's a very clear history. You won't get 10 people to agree to all the details without getting mixed up, unless they all come from the same place. right? If you guess, if it's like this vague idea of, yeah, this was once upon a time a thing, but we don't have dates, details, names, places, everything, okay, so then you can make it up. It was, like, we talk about the Dark Ages. There was a thousand years where we all went to sleep. Right? If you don't have all the details, it could be more, it could be less, but so we don't know exactly what happened then. But if you have all the details, then it's impossible that different people have the same exact timeline, Without, uh, without, they come from the same Mishayosh. Isn't the answer uh, quite obvious? That isn't what he said? I do think the is coming to Machadeshi so much, as he's coming to show you that the, the converse, in other words, the if you don't take the Torah's position, then there isn't any clear history. What other timeline do we have from Baris or if you're not going to go with the Torah? We don't. We, because every civilization which existed early, we've lost it. Uh, maybe the Egyptians did keep records of, of the, their civilization, but we don't have those records today. Maybe the Mesopotamians or the Incas or whatever it was, did have some kind of, we don't know. We don't, there's no hampshach to that. So if you're not going to go back to the Torah, there is no, there's no starting point, And there's no clear knowledge of what happens. Uh, and think about it also, no other region can claim to have a better misreader of history. The best they can do is just take the Torah's one. And this was for the again, coming from the eyes of the Khazari, this was a big kiddish. Because if you don't if you don't go the root of the Torah, then there's no other known record of what happened in the world. But there's no other clear clear explanation of generation by generation, who has lived at each time, how long they lived, what happened at each generation. But there's not there's nothing else. And that's why the Khazari said this is a tamer. How could you possibly know how old the world is? Think. Right? There's no other nation which goes back that far. So there is now the source of knowledge of what happened before them. And therefore, the, maybe for us as Parshas, we have the Torah. That's what the Khakam is telling him. But it's something which is unique. It's something which is a clear system explained to you. Generation after generation, from the time of Baris al until today, there is no equal to that. And that's what the, that's what the you see, again, when there is an argument which isn't, which isn't answerable, then Rabbi Irachas El-Evi puts into words of the king that he accepts it. He was the Khakam the king. And if once he's saying something which I have to agree with, he accepts it. He's open to this and, think, and if it makes sense, he'll take it. And that's what he says. That if I accept accepts what you're saying. Not just because you say you have a minion, but because it's so clear. It's so clear. You have all the details. And if that's the case, that's not something which could be made up. And even if one person could invent such a story, the fact that Jews all over the place have exactly the same system, that, that shows the, 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 the system which, is, which you have, that's the right, that is really true. Right. What was the of going works at Priya Solem backwards from the generation of generations in the Torah. That's the clear way to do it. There's another way to do it also. And it's an amazing thing. We know the position of the solar planets when the world was created. We know, it's called When the world was created, where was the position of the sun? To the moon, was the beginning of the month, the end of the month? Exactly where they were. And now, just give yourself time. Work out the elliptic, the orbits of each one. We have the, we have the calendar, we know how the solar system works. We know it's a 19-year cycle until the sun and moon line up again. There's a turn of 47-year cycle, which we call the Maqsar HaGadah, until all the planets line up again. Good, work backwards. Work backwards, and from what we call the starting point until today, you'll see exactly where we're holding. And the Raya we write is that the next Rosh Chodesh, the moon will be in the right position. The sun will be in the right place. So with, with, even without going through the, the generations of the Torah, the Rambam and Kirush HaKodesh is a different way to do it completely. We take the Moedad Togel, which means the starting point of creation, where, where all the Mazaris were, it worked until today. You'll see exactly what's going on. There's two, there's two things out of the moedet, and both of them are written in the nech. They were twice, and Hashem moved the sun and the moon out of position, whatever it is. So yeah, they're a bit out of place. But it's uh, besides for those times, which you know from the nech, right? We we have the moedet. We know exactly where it went from, where it came to. And then again, so it's another way to work out scientifically, mathematically, from the starting point until today, things are how things work. It was not. We're not getting lost in the prehistory of years we can't deal with, we don't know where they are. This is an aside, I'll finish with one line.